between Braveheart and the Patriot, it's safe to say there's only one group of people Mel Gibson hates more than the British. Well, maybe there's a couple of them. This <laughs> is... Spoiler. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was fun. <laughs> is Pappy there? What's happening? There we go. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Spoilers. Yeah, I'm here. I'm here. It was chaos pre-pod. We thought we'd have a guest. We're looking through SD cards for tracks from a long time ago, but... We're here tonight to talk about another Bubba Brian pick. Brett, what did your brother pick for us this time? Uh, the Patriot 1999 or 2000 The Patriot? We had an opening question for us. What is your favorite period war film or one that you really love and why? We'll go east to west. Brett, since he's your Bubba, you can go first. When did we start saying it so, like that? Uh... This is Brett recording at Fort Wayne. Uh, I'm actually going to pick the one that we're going to be doing for my brother's trilogy. Um, it's probably my favorite war movie. It is the. Oh my gosh! Uh, it's got it's my favorite Michael Mann movie. It's got my favorite score in history, and it's got probably my favorite shot in, in movie history. So I love it. I think it's amazing. Last 15 minutes is about as good as the movie can get, and I love it. So what's your, your that's your favorite like period war film is your answer? I, I get. I mean that's just the one I was thinking of. All right. I can't think of any other ones. What's your favorite war, Brett? I'm a big World War II buff guy, so <laughs> I'll go with that. But Revolutionary's a good one. Yeah, all wars are good if you think about it. <laughs> I mean, the Nine Years wasn't bad. You know, that was that was a solid one. All wars we're involved <laughs> in are good. That's what you mean, Pat. Undefeated. War champs, except for Vietnam and Iraq. Is that not a good? Is that not a good movie, Kylo? No, it's legit. I wasn't sure where you're going with that. It turns out I misunderstood the question. That's why I was asking. So the answer I prepared is dumb. But you guys keep going. Well, this is Pappy. I think I'm the next most Eastus. Got my audio issues resolved after that start. I don't know. I don't know like what period war means. So I'm gonna just say Apocalypse Now. I really fucking love that movie. It's probably one of the best, like, best ten movies ever made, to be honest. Um, I guess it took place during the time during the Vietnam War. It, it couldn't be more different than The Patriot, right? In like so many different, so many ways. Like, we got Americans killing innocent Vietnam citizens. It's pretty dark. Uh, just a journey up the river, but that's one of my favorite movies of all time. This is Josh from Goshen. Um, do you guys listen back to the pod? Took great <laughs> pains to edit out the names of the future Brian picks in the Robin Hood pod. <laughs> I have a movie that I hope you guys remember, or maybe a couple of you guys have seen. It's called Escape from Sobibor. Sobibor, I think. Huh? What? Thought you were Who? going a different direction with that. Sobibor? <laughs> Escape from Sobibor. Uh, it's uh, 80s mm. British television movie, actually, but it's about this camp, like this particular camp, uh, like a uh, concentration camp. And not to spoil it, but it's basically the prisoner's plot revenge 
and the last third of the movie is like all the good parts. Uh, they murder a lot of Nazis. Heads Ooh. up. Uh, it's a pretty fun movie. I think you'd like it specifically, Steve. I'm a big uh, kill Nazi guy, so that's uh, that sounds like right up my alley. Oh, where were you on the green room? Where were you? I just gotta you? say, <laughs> I could use your backup. Mr. Martin, eighth grade teacher, introduced us all to this film and showed it to us, and I couldn't believe it. It was like slit throats and all that shit. Eighth grade baby, let's go. If Brett's Mr. Mainstream, <laughs> then, Bre- then Josh has been Mr. Underground recently. He's like, you guys probably haven't seen The Patriot. Uh, I actually saw it in theaters, in the group there. It's like, no, everyone's seen The Patriot. It was huge. It's probably one of the biggest movies of that year. Brett is not actually <laughs> Mr. Mainstream, by the way. Yeah, that I don't doesn't even, even know make sense. <laughs> Stevie, you got a favorite war movie? Does it involve killing Nazis? Well, I mean, when you say period piece, it has to be like historical drama, right? I mean, that's kind of like the idea... Otherwise, it's saying Glorious Bastards, but that's kind of like a fantasy war movie versus like actual history. So, period war piece, I would have to go with the Matthew Broderick vehicle Glory, um, with Carrie Elwes and Denzel Washington and Morgan Freeman. Um, That is a fantastic, fantastic movie that doesn't really pull any punches for the period. And. Even though like the ending is really sad, the whole movie throughout in the production is absolutely incredible. So I'd say Glory. The soundtrack slaps in Glory, too. Big, yeah. That's a really, really good soundtrack. Yes, it is. Patriot is a good one, too. Mikey? Yeah, I don't know if you guys have heard of this one. <laughs> um, <laughs> the Ghost of You by My Chemical Romance. <laughs> uh, that music great, video is great. Great music cool. video. God, I used to love that video. Kyle. <laughs> Yeah, that's a really good music video. Uh, real answer, probably, I don't know. I mean, in terms of recent movies, I, I thought 1917 was a really good Ooh. movie. And yeah, it's good. Doing the one take for a large portion of the movie is just a really cool, different aspect to it. I thought it was a great movie. I don't know. Saving Private Ryan, also probably my second choice. Ah, now you're Mr. Mainstream. Wait, what? What movie is that? I never heard of that. Yeah, one. Brett Fistbound. <laughs> oh, it's just a small indie film with a couple of indie actors. <laughs> yeah, look it. it up on Letterbox. You should you check it out there. Thomas Hanks, right? <laughs> Corey, you, you said you misunderstood the question. I don't know how that's possible. But what, what, is, your, <laughs> what is your favorite well, period war film? I read it earlier very quickly while I was working. And then I didn't go back and reread it, so I just like had a memory of what it was. And I thought you were asking like, "What's your favorite period of war, <laughs> like in history?" And I was like, "Oh, it's kind of like a cheeky question, right? It's kind of like funny." Nine Eleven, baby, the beginning. That's the real start of the of the oh, war geez. machine that is Amer- current modern America. Well, so I thought you guys were going to be like, you know, Vietnam, World War II, and then like the answers would be like based on the movies that they generated. Mm. Obviously, I did not read this thoroughly. I was going to give a joke answer that um, my favorite is when we went to war with the apes. (laughs) That generated a lot of good movies (laughs) when we went to war with the fucking apes starting in the 70s. Apes together strong. Uh, But... Yeah, they kicked our ass. <laughs> Thinking now, I don't really have a real answer to this because I didn't prepare, but I'm going to say there is a movie that I love called The War. It's a 90s movie. The War? God, is that not, it's not a war movie either, but that's... What's The War? That's a, that's a good movie. It's a good movie. 
It has young Eliza Wood and his dad is Kevin Costner. It's about like uh, this, this family and kind of another rival family. And it's mostly about like from the kid's perspective, but it it touches on a few things like the after effects of like the Vietnam War and how it affected the family and just like living in poverty and kid rivalry gone too far. There's a lot of elements in this movie. It's really good, though. If you like 90s movies, movies like Radio Flyer, this is similar vibes as Radio Flyer. I also saw Grave of the Fireflies on a list of, like, best war movies of all time. Ooh, it's kind of a, a, you know, what is a war movie? You know, is this a war movie or is it a movie about family? Who's Ooh. to say? Say it's a war movie, but... It's a period war movie, for sure, Stevie, but we're talking about family. What's life like down on the Dalmatian plantation in South Carolina? What's, uh, what's Mel Gibson's home life like here? She'll always be looking down on us and protect us forever. Come on, come on. Good night. Good night, Meg. It helps her to know mother's there. You know, everybody's happy. You know, there are kids running amok, playing throughout their day. Mel Gibson's trying to uh, put together a chair that... Actually, multiple attempts to put together a chair, a rocking chair. Um, He has uh, free men working on his uh, little uh, plantation compound there. And um, life here is we're in a matter of stasis at the moment. Everyone's happy. There's a little bit of uh, unrest throughout the colonies, you could say. Uh, but at the moment that we arrive with Mel Gibson's home life, there's just a little bit of happiness. I wish there was a payoff at the end of the movie where he like makes a big killing off of selling those chairs to Cracker professional, Barrel? professional, re- professional <laughs> wrestling. <laughs> like their breakaway hey, chairs. Oh, they yeah. forgot about the chair, right? Chair at the beginning, chair in the middle. No fucking chair at the end. What is going on? Thank you, Kylo. Roland Emmerich. But, what are Abby, you doing? What's a, what's a better chair-making scene, this or passion? Mm. What's the difference? Passion has the evil pappy baby. Oh, I love the evil pappy baby. Both Mel Gibson vehicles. <laughs> Brett, you buried the lead, but <laughs> yeah, this but- movie, it's an early hint at who they want you to think the Christ character may be. He's a carpenter, is he not? Mm. There's no figure more Christ-like. Than Mel Gibson. In history, including <laughs> Christ. <laughs> I'll also say, too, I mean, this is going to be throughout the whole movie. This is the first thing I said to Stevie uh, when we talked on the phone today. You got to give this movie an A++ in terms of production. 110%. Roll, like, what movies has Roland Emmerich made? You know, Independence Day, Godzilla. The Day After Tomorrow. A lot. Yeah. 2012? Yeah, this is so far out of that realm. And he's German, you know, too. So this is like a very, like, <laughs> USA-focused period piece. I, I don't know. It's just it's just interesting. Thank you for bringing that up, dude, because Roland Emmerich makes the most pro-American propaganda Gotta love movies. It. Isn't that weird? He's a, yeah. He is a <laughs> German dude. Do you think it's like, he's like, this is what Americans want? Yes. Like, is it from an outsider looking Did in? Did he make Geostorm? He's making bank, this guy. Germans know about nationalism. They know how to feed they've, the frenzy. They've kind of they okay. ran into that a time or two, Josh. They've uh, <laughs> kind of been swept up by it. 
I mean, he made White House down the day after tomorrow, Independence <laughs> Day, and um, that fucking 98 Godzilla movie. U.S.A. The American <laughs> Godzilla movie. U.S.A. He did Day After Tomorrow and 2012. 2012. With the sack, John Cusack. Ooh, and 10,000 B.C. Wasn't that really bad? Uh, I remember being really hyped. There's a Super Bowl commercial. Brother Jordan begged me to go see that with him in the theaters, and I was so angry leaving the theaters when we saw that. <laughs> but you're right, Pappy. This is different than his classic like disaster movie, because mm-hmm. that was kind of his thing, right? The disaster Stark movie guy. Yeah. It's, it's way out there, but I mean, like, I think it looks great. I think like the costumes are fucking amazing. Like I think Brett, you had some IMDb fact, right? The Smithsonian was involved in some of this too, like keeping things. I believe so. Yes, looking accurate. We should talk about the man, the myth, the legend himself, Mel Gibson. Did you guys watch that YouTube video I put in the chat right before the podcast, or no? Oh, God, can we not talk about? It? I have about watched instead, that or? video yeah. one hundred times in my life. <laughs> it is one of my favorite pieces of art there is. <laughs> The performance he turns in is any is better than any performance he will ever turn in, like on a movie. <sighs> you make me want to smoke. You fucked my day up. You care about yourself. You're so when selfish. I am so fucking good to you. You fucking. I didn't do me. anything. I did not do anything. This is your selfish imagination. That's all. Never been authenticated. Oh God! <laughs> the thing about I didn't listen. Mel Gibson is a psychopath, right? And I'm not going to make the whole podcast about that. But even South Park, Brett, right? Like makes fun of Mel Gibson. He's just a weirdo. Oh, my nipples hurt. <laughs> uh. Yeah, I will say. And Brett, I know this is like one of your favorite childhood movies. This is up there for Mel Gibson performances for me. Like I think this is I like this better than his Mad Max. I think it's like on par with Braveheart. I think he's really good. Yeah. He's been good in a lot of movies. Mm-hmm. You know, he's like that Tom Cruise syndrome where it's like, Riggs. you're going to talk about Tom Cruise. You got to talk about Scientology a little bit, but you also got to say he's been in some good <laughs> shit. And he's done some good, done some good work. <laughs> you can bring it. 90s Mel Gibson was, was pretty good. I mean, so was everyone loves Braveheart, but like, I remember really liking Forever Young and The Man Without a Face when I was a kid. Lethal weapons are solid, too. I watched Man Without a Face. I didn't really remember it. Despite even his great performance, the look that he pulls off, he he looks like the Minuteman from, like, our high school mascot, Mm -hmm. what you'd see in the encyclopedia. (laughs) He has, like, the square jaw for this. He wears his hair in, like, this, what is that, a bun or a ponytail or something that... His kids have terrible haircuts, too. Like, he has fantastic hair. His kids have the worst hair. But they're all kind of trying to be like his <laughs> hair. They want to be his hair, but they can't quite pull no, it off. No, he's got those dusty bull mullets. They're terrible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they are pretty bad. But, Brett, tell us a little bit about the character of, what's it, Benjamin Martin, I think is the his name? Yeah. Uh, where is he coming from? Because he's actually, he's actually a complex character. And, and, yeah, you can say that this movie... Particularly in like the end, the last bot battle, it gets a little bit on the nose, like you know USA USA. But he is complex. He's got a lot going on. Got a lot of different principles. <laughs> yeah, I think it's uh, uh, a cool story about a. Well, let's. You get. You want to share something in the back? Whoever's giggling. Sorry, I saw a funny commercial. I'll turn the TV off. Oh, oh no, it's fine. I was like, 
Are we about to what go? Was the, no, what was the commercial? Okay. What was the commercial? Okay, there's no commercial. I just didn't want to rile Brett up. I mean, he's not a complex character, but I just want to hear what Brett has to say. What do you mean he's not a complex character? How is he a complex character? Well, I'll let Brett go. Yeah, because he's, he's go ahead, Brett. He's. I mean, he's a guy who's got demons that he's trying to keep away from his kids, and like uh, he's trying to what's not apologize, but like um, make up for the sins in his youth. I mean, I don't atonement. I think that's decently complex. He's got like he's kind but stern, and he's he, like he's good at war, but he hates it and. I mean, he's only brought into it out of revenge, but like he tries to not let the revenge get to him throughout the movie. Even his son has to tell him, but like once his son tells him, he kind of like makes it better. I don't Listen, know. Listen, like Steve, you say what you will. Yeah, at the end when he's stabbing I'm people, I'm not saying he's Schindler, but you know he's got he's not a one note character in my opinion. So, like I was saying, Stevie, at the end when he's stabbing people with the American, he mystically okay. bows his head down when he has. About to get his head chopped off, like fucking Mr. Miyagi or Jean Claude Van Damme. Converted shadows, <laughs> but he's got he's got these like demons that he has from the French and Indian War, and he doesn't want to go to war. That was the spirit of an American eagle giving him the foresight to <laughs> duck his head. Down the wisdom the of right an eagle. <laughs> <laughs> it's the same eagle from Kickboxer. <laughs> he felt the it's wind. The exact same eagle from um, God. What's that movie with Andy Samberg? Uh, Anyway, hot rod. But um, no, Pap, the only issue I have with this movie is there's like a bastardization of history. And I'm okay if they just want to make a movie in like the the Revolutionary War. But if you're going to be using real names, don't make up crazy shit just to give like some well, of like Mel Gibson. Whose real name do they use besides Washington and Cornwallis? They show Cornwallis as an actual character. It's like he's even a background. He's, he's an Hunter actual son. fucking character. <laughs> Okay, and none of the other people that you really focus on are, so what? what's the problem here? I really hate how Shakespeare bastardized the <laughs> real history of Macbeth thrown in those witches in. Man, what a... Like, what what, like, what's the problem? <laughs> like, I don't, I don't... Like, listen, is it the slaves? Okay, yeah, that first off, slaves don't exist in South Carolina, oh, which oh, is... Yeah. The, that's a big Which problem. is where the cornerstone yeah. speech took place. It was the first state to secede from the Union. That's fantastic. Secondly, yeah. more Tell slaves than Tell citizens in South Carolina. Come on, Brad. You know that's disingenuous. You know that's extremely disingenuous. Don't call me Spike it's Lee. It's extremely that. disingenuous. First off, if you don't want to bring attention to it, fine. They can be background characters. I guess that's one way to do it. To say we're free men working here is absolutely insane in South Carolina. Secondly, um, Native Americans did exist in this time. Uh, they did fight in the Revolutionary War. I find it kind of in, in- Didn't Mel Gibson kill them all in this movie? <laughs> he tried. <laughs> Darn it, he tried. It's an alternative history. <laughs> <laughs> He's the fucking doomslayer of the French and Indian War. He's got scalps for days. The man has violated the Geneva Convention dozens, dozens of times <laughs> before it even That's existed. Why he puts the they made the away. Geneva Convention for him. Yeah, this is middle name, you know, Benjamin Geneva Benjamin Martin. Geneva Martin. Like, yeah, like let's that. just get this out of the way. You're you're right, Brett. It's not about that, but at the same time, it's like it's kind of a pussy move to not just like address it head on like it's it's your your it's hard to ignore when they're going from like plantation to plantation you know and like this is not a joke 
in an interview, Mel Gibson said that he wanted to be a slave owner, like in the movie, to add some more like layers well, to his character, and they took that out. Said, he definitely said it was a mistake, but okay, so uh, then... Did he say in the movie? At this point... <laughs> Did he say in the movie? <laughs> <laughs> okay, well then, when they were traveling, they should have gone by that really famous black slave owner in South Carolina, if you want to be historically accurate. Yes. And maybe... Yeah. The Native Americans who own slaves as well. I mean, if you want, if you want this to be a documentary, yeah. then yeah. Did. I just want more cannonball deaths. That's what I wanted from the movie. The cannonball death was amazing. <laughs> that was good. Honestly, wanted a few more of the highlight of this movie for sure. Cannonball. The head right? or the leg? I like <laughs> no them both. movie has done cannonballs right since. Well, the leg. I remember distinctly uh, as a child, the leg makes but. me like a little like uh, squirm a little more than the head. Like the leg is like. Oof. He actually was a real amputee. Yeah, that's awesome. The warfare in general, this seems like one of the worst war like periods you could be in, to go back to the Brother Brian quote. Like, yeah, fuck World War One trench fair. What? In terms of strategy, just standing there and taking yeah. a bullet? Yeah, it's, it's stupid. Horrific. The director said The director said something I never thought of before. It's like literally playing a humongous game of Russian roulette with 500 people. Like, you literally... You're just waiting for one of those bullets to hit you. I mean, it's it's awful, awful strategy. They don't even like get low to the ground. <sighs> they just stand there like it, like sheep with their mouths open. Dude, <laughs> I know. But this war was important, and this in the French and Indian War were important in realizing that that type of warfare was garbage. the British knew that at this point, though. I mean, they were in the French and Indian War, so they would they, have had yeah, to dealt they, with. <laughs> they knew. <laughs> They had a little experience yeah. uh, fighting people on their home turf <laughs> at this point. Do you think it just took them a long time to admit, listen, this bright red coat maybe isn't the best? They really <laughs> held on to that fashion for a long time. Not a tactical advantage out on the battlefield. They had freaking targets on their planes. The Royal Air Force symbol is a target. Like, what are they, what are they doing? This isn't, uh, this isn't like something bad about the movie, by the way. This movie does an awesome yeah. job of like highlighting the bizarreness of this fighting style yeah. and putting it in your face where it's like you're thinking about this like damn this would fucking suck like getting a cannonball yeah. shot in your direction would be fucking terrifying uh, and i think all the cinematography is great like the way this like action is directed is freaking fantastic uh but josh there's one young patriot we haven't brought up yet the joker himself heath ledger what's going on with gabriel yeah so all the kids are kind of like a sliding scale on their knowledge of their surroundings. <laughs> and he, you know, he's waiting for the mail to come in. It's like his version of Reddit for the day. Dad, please let me read this. Please let me read this. And like the first, I think his first, <laughs> some of his first lines in the movie are about um, one of his friends who's even younger than him has joined up in the local militia. And or maybe even not the militia, right, Brett? What is it like the actual Continental uh, Army? Yeah, the yeah the Continental Army. So like he is chomping at the bit to get into the action. Um, he's he's becoming a man. Dad, all my friends have Dodge Chargers. <laughs> I want one too. He wants to get out there. They're farmers, and he wants to kind of go on an adventure. And he's like, I don't know. That's that's what we get at least at the beginning of the movie, Pat. You like young Heath, Kylo? Gone too soon? Yeah, it makes me sad when I see Heath Ledger, man. Heath Ledger was one of the greats. Um, I don't think he 
gets an opportunity to excel in this movie, but you know he's still a legend in his own time. Not just because of uh, the Dark Knight, by the way. He was starting to expand around that time. Like, see Lords of Dogtown, for example. Oh yeah. But I love seeing Heath Ledger. It makes me sad to see him. It hurts my heart. Mm-hmm. I think this was like the first thing I ever saw him in. This hurt Knight's Tale. Ten things I hate I about know. you. Yeah. Yeah, nice. Watching mm-hmm. the death scene in particular with him just sucks. It's painful That's shit. That's literally the scene that I always skipped if when I watch this movie. I just I, I can't deal with it. Like, wh- in what way can't you deal with it? Is it is it because he's dead? IRL? Oh, it, frust- it frustrates. Oh. It frust- No, it frustrates me. It was this was before he died. It just it's it just frustrates me that it's basically dies. It's basically the viper versus the mountain, mm. right? Yes. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. Oh, you mean it, like, evokes that same emotional response? Yeah, and there's a bit of, like, faking, but getting too close and being too cocky. Props to the uh, preacher, though, the reverend, throwing up his rifle. (laughs) Yeah, but if he would have shot him earlier, then Heath might have lived as well, but... Whoa, you're gonna rip on the pastor? Heath is probably gonna die. Brett. Oh, I love him so much. I love that character. He could be a great character. I like him. He's a forerunner for the Christ-like character. We'll get to that That later. That is Odo from Star Trek Deep Space Nine, my favorite Star Trek. He's like, I'll leave what happened to him up to Brett, but he was amazing in his day. His name's like Rene, and he has some super French last name. It's like Aubergeois. Yeah, something like that. Reverend? The shepherd must tend his flock. And at times, fight off the wolves. Pappy, he's the pa- he's definitely he might be the Jesus character, but he's definitely the Pappy character. <laughs> Do you relate to this guy? Oh yeah, hundred percent. Like he's he listen, he doesn't want to eat dog, but he's also not unwilling to eat dog. He just has to do a little sign <laughs> of the cross first. <laughs> and he's like, Alright. Mm-hmm. Guess that's what we're doing. Uh, I mean stat cast. Up and down. I think uh, like both the two female leads are fantastic. Uh, Mel Gibson's, I guess, what would you call her, ex sister in law, who becomes his lover, and Heath Jolie Richardson. Yeah, Heath Ledger, uh, the woman he falls in love with. I think they're both great. Mike, we haven't talked about the villain of this movie. A Slytherin comes over from England. Villain? Oh, are you saying he did nothing wrong, Josh? Oh my gosh, Josh. <laughs> I'll let Mikey go for King and Country, boys. For King played and Country. by Jason Isaacs. Jason Isaacs. Uh, he looks familiar. I don't know. I can't remember anything he's from. Harry Brett, Potter. Do you know uh, anything from? Harry Potter. Oh, yeah. Harry Malfoy. Potter. Oh, okay. He's Captain Lorca in Star Trek Discovery. Oh, right, he's right, right. Yeah, and he's in Baldur's Gate three. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think he's the best part of this movie. Maybe besides maybe Mel Gibson. Uh. He's just a real slimy bastard, yeah. and in the early stages of the movie, uh, they're about to hang Heath Ledger for, I don't know, delivering a message uh, pertaining to, like, the the rebels, like, passing around information or something. But they're going to hang Heath Ledger, and the little brother tries to step in and, and free, free Heath, uh, but he ends up getting shot by... Colonel Tavington, 
in the back and calls him a stupid boy. And that pretty much sends Ben Martin into a blind rage where he runs off into the forest. It's like some of my favorite 10, 15 minutes of movie history. Like the moment he shows up, the bad guy shows up to the moment that he rescues Gabriel. I used to watch that all the time. I think it's so amazing. It's like a um, a master class in like showing revenge and just Gibson's acting so good at it, like his emotion and stuff. I I just love it. It's really really awesome and it's super brutal. Yeah, it's cool because he he goes to his little chest like John yeah. Wick, gets all fifteen of his guns and runs out into the woods with his children to go shoot at a bunch of guys. I think that scene love deserves it. to be uh, broken down seven a little bit here on the pod. Yeah, because it's sure. Go ahead. Really, I, I mean, Pappy, you were going to say something yeah. about a shot. Well, there's this one shot where he's with uh, his two younger boys, and he's like telling them, "Aim small, miss small." Brett, you're a gun guy. I didn't know really what the, what does that mean. Aim small, miss small. Well, like, you can look at it a couple different ways. One is just like if you aim. Apparently, the guy who taught him that phrase meant like if you aim for the man, you might miss the man, but if you aim for the button, like on a shirt. It's basically saying, don't aim for the head, aim for center mass, because if you miss, if you miss even a little bit in the head, you're going to miss. Like, if you miss where you're aiming, but if you miss, like, center mass, you're still going to hit something else. But basically, it's like, focus on something. Mm. Aim for the bullseye, and you'll still hit the target. Aim for the Yeah, pretty much. That's pretty much what he's saying. That's actually what the guy who trained them told but he's he's talking to them, and it's the sweatiest performance since Charlie Sheen in The Arrival. Like his face is just drenched. I, and yeah, I, it's listen. Yeah, it's a little bit movie-y. It's a little bit Hollywood-y. I don't think they miss a fucking shot the whole time. But I, I'm with you. It's it's well shot. It's interesting. Like his fucking rage as he's like tomahawking that guy to death who ran away. Uh, and then the shot of like the three boys being like, "Holy shit, Dad! <laughs> what? What did you just do?" It's it's good yeah, stuff. It's not just the action. It's like that scene also contains a moment where like Mel Gibson has been working his whole life to protect his kids and kind of like mm-hmm. um, keep them naive to a certain extent. And each one of them has like a moment where they like have to grow the fuck up right now. From like the middle girl where she has to like take Dude, some of yeah. the kids to the cornfield to the, like the little kids getting traumatized to like one like uh, the way the characters all develop here is pretty amazing i want you two to start with the officers and work your way down can you tell the difference yes father yes father good samuel after your first shot i want you to reload for your brother nathan now if anything should happen to me I want you two to drop your weapons, and I want you to run as quickly as you can. Now you hide in the brush, make your way home, get your brother and your sisters, and you take them to your Aunt Charlotte's. Understood? What did I tell you fellas about shooting? Aim small, miss small. Aim small, miss small. He's like, here's a little something I learned in the French and Indian War. Starts eating his heart. (laughs) (laughs) Just as a defense, Pap, like, I, I get it. Like, there's a lot of shots in this movie, especially any shot that goes more than 20 feet with those little musket, like those little um, hand, 
I can't think of what I'm drawing a blank on what it's called. Blunderbuss. Blunderbuss. No, not a, not exactly a blunderbuss. That's a pirate weapon with a humongous. I just love that word. Uh, barrel. <laughs> a dragoon. But, but basically, yeah. Would you say a dragoon? Just the, whatever the precursor to the revolver. But those things were not accurate. <laughs> but these kids, I guess he does mention later that he's trained them how to scout and ride and shoot. So. And to be fair, the little kid, like, I think, only shoots once. Yeah, then he starts reloading for the other kid. But when he throws a tomahawk, I, I freaking love that so much. Yeah, him going ham on these, like, red coats is one of the very memorable things for this movie. Yeah. This movie was pretty big at the time it came out. And if you saw it, there's probably a few scenes you remember, if you're anything like me. This has got to be, like, at the front of that list, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. There's the cannonballs. There's this moment <laughs> the where he cleans up 20 red coats and with just like sheer American brutality with like his Mel Gibson, his eyes when he's like enraged, you can see the fire in his eyes. He's got crazy eyes. And he is crazy eyes. He can be a great actor, you know, particularly in a moment like this. He has great physicality too, especially considering that he's not exactly young here. He's not like 80s Mel Gibson, but he's really going at it. He he gave a lot in this performance, I feel like. Or he just kind of let himself bleed through. One of the two. Can I point out one more small detail before <laughs> I move on from this, Pat? Yeah. Because I think this movie does another thing really cool here. I'm hoping Stevie recognized it. But like a lot of movies say... like You know how Benjamin Martin becomes the ghost? A lot of movies, it would kind of maybe show his tricky tactics. Like the reveal at the end. Like how he actually pulled this off. But this movie and in this scene shows us basically all of his best tricks, including the one where he sets up muskets that are loaded and leans them against different trees. So he's like running between them. Seemingly like one man becomes four or five men running around like barely seen in the foilage. Plus, he just instinctively knows what to do. That's, like, awesome, too. God, could you imagine if you went back in time with, like, a 9 millimeter? You would just fucking destroy everybody. Oh, yeah. You'd be a one-man wrecking crew. I think there's something, though, Stevie, about yeah. this movie shows you all his tricks, but it doesn't make him any less badass, like, right at the beginning. I don't know. Um, yeah. I know you I know you hate this movie. No, but... actually, I love this movie. There's just some things that kind of drive me insane. <laughs> um... It's a little superhero-ish uh, for that scene, but it is really cool for effect of the character. It's just like, you know, he kind of can do no wrong on the battlefield. He hides muskets. I know, but there's kind of that element, too, of like, everything he does is perfect in the, this scene, which is cool. Like, he's a great fighter. He's a great shooter. He's great at the tomahawk. It's fun to watch. But there's like... At a certain point, like where does the tension go besides like seeing? So you blood? don't you don't like you don't like John Wick one through four? Oh, I love those movies, but those movies are pretty much like a fantasy action hero movie. Well, for me, the <laughs> tension is with what uh, what the other characters like are at risk for. Meaning, like mm-hmm. other people are at risk. Maybe not him, but there's people that we care about because he cares about. And we get to know him throughout the movie. Some of those people don't make it. Yeah, this movie takes some pretty bold choices, I think, with who lives and dies. The guy with his wife and kid is brutal. Mm. Yeah, the point of those two scenes is his son dies, so there's stakes, and now we're seeing that he's a proficient warrior. Because at the beginning of the movie, he's very anti, doesn't want to get drug into this war, trying to avoid it. 
but he's got a dark past that it's hinting at. And now he's full blown in the militia. He's a colonel in the Continental Army. He's got a ragtag group of soldiers that he recruited. Stonks are going up. (laughs) Brett, this militia proceeds to prank His Majesty's (laughs) Army all over Dixieland. So many pranks. Any pranks that you you liked or remembered from your childhood? We're skipping ahead a little bit, but the the whole prisoner exchange is a great scene where... It is a great, great conversation prank. with Cornwallis. You know, the prank of just taking cover and, you know, firing when the <laughs> enemy is a surprise <laughs> prank. I like a prank a where, uh, like, four or five of the British sh- soldiers yield and they just chop their faces in with <laughs> axes anyway. <laughs> Te- technically, they hadn't yielded yet, but yeah. <laughs> There's no way we'll know for sure, says the Frenchman. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just a little tiny war crime, okay? Harmless pranks, Mikey. Harmless pranks. That scene was a little unbelievable how that conversation came together. Like, all of the soldiers somehow surrounding this, like, one kill. I cannot believe you killed that man. The prank with the prisoner exchange. I like Cornwallis's little side guy, his little assistant, when he's like... He's with two great Danes. (laughs) 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 My lord, there is a rider at the gates. A civilian carrying a white flag. I'm occupied. He has a pair of dogs with him. Great Danes. There's a couple sympathetic British people... One of them at the beginning. The first guy. Yeah, the guy at that beginning house. Like, he clearly doesn't want to kill the wounded soldiers. He doesn't want to light the house on fire. He doesn't want to steal shit. But, like, he gets. Bl- his face gets blown off, like, five minutes later. What about Adam Baldwin? What happens to him? I don't think anything happens to him. I'm- oh, he doesn't even get his come They don't show anything? I don't think so, no. Dang. Who's Adam Baldwin in this movie? I don't know. Yeah. He's the guy who. He's the American. The who- guy who. who Animal the, Mother? The turncoat. Yeah, he rats everybody out. He oh. lights the building on fire. Oh, that guy. He doesn't agree with it, but he knows like his own words were used against him, and it is an order, so... He's just following orders. Just following orders, boys. <laughs> Stevie, is that, is that something that bothers you? Yes. Um, not to skip ahead a little bit. Is it, is it, like, one, there's only one loyalist in all of South Carolina, supposedly, and two, just like the... One, Pap. In the most unpopular war at the time with people in like the colonies. <laughs> One loyalist. I think less than 50%, they estimate. Uh, yeah. yeah, it was like 40, was 60 were uh, for it, yeah. Jason Isaacs, Mr. Malfoy, is great. But it also, does it also bother you like just how unhinged he is? Because I was looking at like, some like historians' criticism of the movie, and they're like, to burn people in a church is fucking absurd. Well, like, that would just have never happened. And if it did, we'd all know about we, there it. There would be like, paintings, there would be poems, there would be... I mean, that would be ingrained in our brains from, like, fourth grade to up to our seniors. town hall paintings. Like, something like that would... And also, those... Go ahead, Brent. Go ahead. No, I was gonna make it... I mean, Pappy, those historians that are crying, they're British historians, and they're just losers, so... Um, Nobody really knows anything about this guy. Fucking red coat bitches. <laughs> but yeah, I'm with you. Like that one was bad, and they they think that a lot of Emmerich Emmerich is like 
portrayal of the British kind of came they're from Nazis. what he knew they're about Nazis. the Nazis. They're just replacements yeah. for Guys, Nazis. What? I don't mm. know. I think anywhere there's war, <laughs> there's rape and burning people alive and torture and all that shit. And that's like... Not in a gentleman's that, army, sir. Why? <laughs> Josh. Josh. <laughs> always have to avoid war at all costs. The rebels were a minority in this war. And like literally, there was like friends fighting friends in this. Yeah, I was gonna say there'd be more brother fighting brother. Yeah, brother fighting brother. Also, like when it came to like what we know as like Americans, the Continental Army, there's loyalists and Continentals, and like the idea that that would happen. And also, the British didn't want to spend too much money on this war for the simple fact they were broke already, which is where taxation came from from the Nine Years' War. Um. You want to make this quick and easy, and the way to really start a rebellion is by burning an entire town in a church. Well, actually, Cornwallis has a good line that I uh, kind of describes what you're talking about, Stevie. A, yes, the money and everything, but he basically says, when this is all done and we win, we want to continue to be diplomatic with these people. Like, yes. burning a church would not be the way to do that. I advance myself only through victory. You advance yourself only through my good graces. These colonials are our brethren, and when this conflict is over, we will re-establish commerce with them. Do you understand, Colonel? But I guess Pappy said he's supposed to be unhinged. Yeah, and- he's getting Ohio. <laughs> he's doing it for Ohio. <laughs> what a deal! Tell me right? about Ohio, <laughs> the paradise known as Ohio. Yeah, tell me about Sandusky. Do you guys think they just like took that story from like George Washington, like kind of his not getting promoted type deal? If you think scorned that way. What do you mean? I mean, you could say that's like a big reason why the revolution even happened in the first place, because George Washington never got his promotion in the British Army. He was butthurt about getting passed over. Oh, yeah. And he said, we're going to war over this. Oh, yeah. That was a big part of it. They didn't really like, it's just interesting to set this movie in the South. You know what I mean? Because it's like, I don't know. I don't think about the Revolutionary War in the South Ever. So it feels northeastern, doesn't it? Yeah, it feels like very, like Virginia and up. <laughs> Virginia basically. and up. Well, yeah, awesome. it start, Concord and Lexington's where it started. So, but it does move down. They wanted to like pinch them in, but yeah, I, I'm with you there. But I mean, the main guy that Benjamin Martin's based on is from South Carolina. They originally tried to sack Charlestown, Charlestown. So, I mean, it's just a snapshot of the war. Mm-hmm. Obviously, if it was a few years earlier, it'd be different. But I mean, it's a good, like I said, it's it's a new look at a story we're all familiar with. If you grew up in the American education system, I guess I just do question Josh, and we we didn't get your input on this earlier. But how do you feel about the um, the wedding amongst the uh, slave refugees? Uh, that whole scene. <laughs> About the two-hour mark. Things are happy at this point. It's the Young Guns wedding. Steve's getting married. <laughs> Charlie gets oh, married. Oh, Char- Charlie's getting married. <laughs> Dang it. Yeah, you're right. It's not It's John Steve. Kenny. <laughs> uh, I don't really like what you're setting me up here for, Pat. I'm like, not setting you up for anything. Just what are your thoughts? How'd you feel? How'd it make you feel? It's a trap. Listen, I've seen this movie too many times. Like, Heath Ledger dies, and his wife gets burned alive separately. So, like, 
I know it's happy in the moment, but you kind of know what's coming. Maybe even the first time you watch this movie, this is a joyous moment that in your heart of hearts, you know, kind of precedes a downfall. Um, it's happy. I guess maybe it's not really PC or whatever, Pap. Good point. You're the social justice warrior. I'm asking you. No. But this was like a <laughs> colony of uh, free and not free slaves that they go to. It's not just their people there. What do you What do you mean? There are people. Yeah. Well, and if I were them, there'd be nothing I love more than a bunch of plantation owners rolling up into our colony. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nothing would be more chill. Than we're that. on the run from the British. Roland Emmerich inserts weird bits of comedy in his movies. Yeah. And I think it is really fucking annoying when it happens. Like I never really like it. And I'm gonna go on record and say this: I fucking hate the movie Independence Day. It sucks. <laughs> I know there's a great speech in it, wow. but try watching that movie. It's a piece of shit. Wow. This movie, pretty serious, pretty dark, pretty heavy. That's my jam. That's my vibe. I understand the need for comedy in a movie like this, but there's a moment around this time, Pappy, when we get hit like three times in a row with comedy with involving Heath Ledger's love interest, and I don't think it works. First one is... The ship that gets blown up when they uh, confront Cornwallis and <laughs> yeah, that woman goes, oh, fireworks, lovely. Hate it. That's awesome. Her laugh is despicable. I could have sworn too. that was from the first X-Men movie, but it's this one. Oh, oh fireworks, lovely. <laughs> Not too long after that, Heath Ledger shows up and he has come to call on Anne. Of course he calls himself a man. I do hate that line. I, I do, uh, that, I'm with so you there. Bad. <laughs> and then the tea, the tea joke follows that. So there's, those bits of comedy are very, very close to each other. And I think those are like the biggest jokes this movie has. No, there's one right after that that really works. It's when Heath Ledger rides out to Mel and he's like, hey, I'm back and ready to go. And they start going. And he's got like the tea and he's grinning and bopping all around. And Mel gives this look of like, well, you obviously got laid for the first time last night. I was like, was no one else picking up that vibe? Yep. <laughs> it's good. Good mood. That's it's not hilarious. what happened. They were in the bundling bag. Keith was locked securely in the bundling bag. The mom bag. explicitly no left the happened. hole for his dick in the what? bag. No. 100%. <laughs> what are you talking about? Come on. Like a ghost eye? Like a ghost sheet? <laughs> like a sm- old smiley the- face down there, man. <laughs> Curb your enthusiasm? <laughs> okay, yeah. He got an over-the-bundling ba- bag handy. <laughs> that, maybe. Now that, maybe. What's the stain all over the bundling bag? <laughs> <laughs> so much evidence holy shit i'm gonna come yeah i'm with you Corey. like some of those moments don't work as well i do like the dynamic between mel and heath the whole father-son vibe that they, they got going on and then mel becomes his commanding officer right and i think that one point is like I, I don't even remember the line but it's something like heath ledger like mel's like you're stubborn and he's like well, I learned that from my father or something like that. You know what I'm talking about? Just kind of their interplay. Did we lose Brett? I was just gotten to the bathroom and I stopped. I was like, he's asking me a question. Um, 
let's see. What did you say? I, I'm stubborn. You get that from my side or whatever. I learned that from my father. Yeah, I think it's good. All right, here, I'll let you go pee. Steve, what do you think about the father-son relationship in this movie? I really like the apple cart scene where he's like sitting on like the wagon yeah. and hands him the apple and he's cutting it and he's talking with him. I feel like that's like really great chemistry in this movie. And I feel like mm-hmm. the shining acting in this movie, like I guess you could say it's between Mr. Malfoy and Mel Gibson. I really think the shining like acting in this movie comes from um, Heath Ledger and Mel Gibson. I really like their chemistry. Mm-hmm. I really like how they bicker like father-son. I love how protective Mel Gibson is of him. And it's very believable. And I, as much as I hate the story he tells, I really like when Mel Gibson breaks down and like tells him what happens at, quote-unquote, Fort Wilderness. Stevie, that apple cart, though? Mm-hmm. Didn't you get the feeling that Heath had watched Mel Gibson eat apples and was kind of doing an impression Felt of it? Felt like it, didn't As it? a son would. <laughs> Yeah, that was really well done, I thought. Why do you hate the Fort Wilderness story, though? Uh, I feel like at that point, you could just tell the story of the uh, Fort uh, William Henry massacre. Um, I don't really, really feel like they need to make up the story about Fort Wilderness and kind of go into detail that way. I feel like if you're going to combine history and a lot of things, you might as well tell a story that, like, happened which was the massacre um but sounds to sounds to me what they what they kind of did was they took the story of uh what happened at that massacre and created one afterwards where mel gibson got revenge for it i fucking love the set though at the old spanish mission Mm -hmm. like it looks like a fucking red dead redemption level or something like it just i don't know it's super cool and then i went in this rabbit hole looking up like swamps in south carolina i think this is all shot on site too but like that i don't know just like as like a home base it just looks so fucking cool and having like an old ruin right i mean it's the 1700s but then it was still like you know a building from like what 100 200 years ago imagine the the mosquitoes though that'd be rough you know what i just realized this movie lacks there's never a scene where like the british come in and like stomp their turtle sewer den you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Turtle sewer. Which is weird because they set it up. Yeah. Like, they, the guy says, at the old Spanish mission, but they like set him up in a different spot. Yeah, it's weird. We kind of touched on it earlier, Mikey, but do you want to talk about Heath's death and how it sets up the final battle here? Yeah, Heath, uh, Heath just found out that his, his wife that he literally just married uh was already killed uh in this church fire so him and like five other guys go off to try and find who did it and they happen to run in to tavington they're like resting and they're like shaving and stuff they're totally caught off guard and they just charge them uh bunch of bunch of shots fired uh they're riding on horseback and it's like down to Tavington and Heath or slash Gabriel and and the priest, I guess. The priest is like the key component here. He blocks the shot from <laughs> from Tavington and tosses up his gun and then Heath catches it midair and shoots Tavington in the stomach. And you think he's down, but he's not. He goes over to stab him. And he gets 
uh, sword in his belly. Mikey, doesn't Tavington say, somebody call an ambulance, <laughs> but not for me. But not for me. Yeah. Did he say something like that? It's pretty much that meme. I know Corey knows that meme. I'm sure everybody does. <laughs> One last prank from Tavington. <laughs> you guys have to admire a bad guy who's tough. This guy doesn't puss out. He puts his balls on the line. He gets shot a couple times in this movie. Yeah. Corey, you're an emotional guy. Are you Are you tapping into Mel Gibson's sadness, seeing a second don- son die in this movie? This is one of the things I love about this movie, is that in this respect, within its story, history aside, within its story, it has balls. It has balls in that many children die in this movie. Oh, now, yeah. Heath Ledger is not a child, right? He's like 18, You're my I guess, child! He's like a middle-aged no, man. He's, at this he's about... <laughs> 20 or 21, I think, at this point. But, you know, it, there are a lot of kids that die in this movie. There's a lot of tragedy and loss. It would be easy to maybe have, like, you know, we got the friend's kid who dies, and the friend finds the body, and for that to be, like, the one moment where the unimaginable happens and everyone else is safe. That would be a lot easier. This movie doesn't do that. It puts everyone at risk. His whole family's at risk, you know? When... They're being, like, invaded by the Redcoats and, you know, Mel Gibson's family is found. There is a chance, you're feeling that there's a chance that they might not make it. Other people don't make it. That church was full of women and children. So, uh, I like that this movie has the balls to let people die. You know, it's too easy to say everyone lives, except for, like, one emotional death that kind of, like, is the inciting incident. Fuck all that. You know, this is a long story. People gotta die in this war. The, like, apparently the original script or one of the earlier scripts, uh, Ledger's wife was pregnant. Uh, probably a good idea not to do that because you don't really need it. And obviously more time would have passed. It would have obviously proved my hole in the blanket theory. It would have, it would have made the cycle of violence make more sense. <laughs> like, I, I think I know, like, I know what you mean, Steve, because there's something going on with Mel. Like, he hates that part of himself, you know, and he tries to hide it, literally hide it away. You know, in a chest in his room. It's also in Gabriel, though, because if Gabriel lost a son or a child as well to the British, and mm-hmm. like Mel Gibson would have couldn't have really like gotten mad at that. Like he could have mm-hmm. like gone after like try to save him, but like it's just kind of that history repeats itself type deal, right? It's like he says, you know, when you'll have a family of your own, you'll yeah. understand, and that would have been like the great understanding or something like that. Yeah, but instead of a baby, Mel finds a hidden American flag. Let's go. <laughs> Stitched back up Woo! by Heath. Ready to be flown. Let's go, motherfucker. What's the symbology there? USA. This is my Stevie question. Yeah. Screaming Eagles, baby. F 35s, dropping bombs. What are you talking about? It was a symbolism. There's a callback to this. Stevie, what kind of character is this? It's in a lot of movies, but it's when way earlier in the movie. Heath Ledger is like digging around on the ground in some trash and finds a American flag, and some random dude with like no other <gasps> lines just goes, "It's a lost cause. <laughs> it's a lost cow. It's a lost cause. We'll never win." There's some corny shit in this movie, <laughs> but you know what? Look, this movie, despite its corniness, like. Remember I made the comparison to Independence Day earlier? Mm-hmm. Independence Day is all that all the time. It yeah. is. Re- that is a propagandist film. 
Like that, Independence Day really is. Roland Emmerich, CIA op. <laughs> yeah, dude. Is this, what is going on with Roland Emmerich? He's telling us how to defeat the UAPs that are <laughs> flying above our country as we speak. You're right, though, Josh. There is a lot of that in a lot of, I guess you could say in a lot of war movies or like up against them war movies. Um, but just, I kind of forgot about that part. Thanks for bringing that back up. It's a lost cause. It's a lost cause. <laughs> Don't go fighting. <laughs> but um, <laughs> there is no greater tracking shot, though, than Mel fucking Gibson. Mr. You should just smile and blow me himself. Um, <laughs> I love that clip so much. Grabbing a giant American flag and running through the battlefield in slow motion, screaming, hold the line. Huzzah! 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 Like, there is, there's something inherently amazing about that. As much as I can, like, knock on this movie, as an American watching this movie, fuck yeah. I love that scene. Yeah. Australia's own Mel Gibson. <laughs> yeah. Australia's own. <laughs> Australia and a German heading this project. <laughs> he does it on horseback once, yes! which is very reminiscent of Braveheart. Mm-hmm. And then during the battle, he grabs another one and does it on foot up into a church, no less, where they make a final stand. Watching this movie, I was thinking, this is Braveheart meets American Legends Braveheart. of the Fall meets Gladiator. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was thinking last time. Vibes, yeah. For some reason. Mm-hmm. Great, we'll bleep that out yep. too. <laughs> Good shit, guys. The book, Josh. Not the movie, the book. Perfect. Corey, it is weird that this came out the same year as Gladiator, isn't it? And that they were both like big Oscar movies. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I'm with you. There's a lot of Gladiator in this. Just even like the scale and the period piece and father revenging dead son. Yeah, I mean, it, it was the year 2000. After Battlefield Earth, we needed this, yeah. and we needed Gladiator. Amen. <laughs> Amen, brother. Stars and bars. <laughs> Brett, can you, can you take us through the military strategy here of the final battle? How do we outfox we, America, <laughs> my Ooh. forefathers, outfox the military genius Cornwallis? Uh, we outfox him by a little bit of like a rope-a-dope and... Mm. Uh, a little bit of arrogance from Cornwallis plus just not following orders from whatever his name is, Tavington. He's a maverick. They, uh, the militia, which should have been his first clue that they were messing with him, just stands like old school, uh, holding the line, taking shots. He asked all of his people to take two shots and then they were going to retreat. And then they retreat down a hill. And then the people come upon the larger continental army, and that's what they do. And then Cornwallis wants to, he's already taken the field, but he wants to finish them because he's getting probably embarrassed at that point. Like Stevie said, maybe they were running out of money, they knew the French were coming. Those pesky French. Just kind of wanted to finish it. He was mad about. Tavington trying to take his glory. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Mel Gibson taking his dogs. Yeah, great Danes. <laughs> great, they can Danes. sense a good man's heart. You know, there's something deep in the bones of this movie where it's like, it's it's when you're pushing it too far. It's why Heath Ledger dies. He's got Tavington beat. He gets killed. 
Mel Gibson shows that side to his kids when he's got, you know, after he rescues Heath Ledger and he has to like brutally kill that guy with a tomahawk. And then Cornwallis, he won the battlefield, but he wants to finish him off and he's just pushing it too far. It's deep in here, but it's the way he brutalizes that soldier. Pure, purely strategic, Pap. How so? He needs that. He needs the enemy to come back and see this dude's whole body splayed open to instill the fear. I was thinking more of he was projecting Tavington being on that guy, but that could be right as well. Yeah, I think in movie language, it's more him dealing with the anger of the loss of his son that just happened. But I like to think that it's purely strategic and that he's uh, it's like a terrorist tactic. I mean, he's mm. a terrorist essentially. I wanted to ask Josh specifically. Like, I saw this on, when I was watching the movie, and I was like, oh, God, I want to hear what Josh has to say. There's a character arc, Josh, between a guy called Dan, who is one of the militia guys. He's one of the regulars. He makes it all the way to the very end battle. And another guy who was a slave, but is, has to do 12 months of serving in the militia to gain his freedom. And there's a character arc here with Dan. Right, they come to an understanding, young gun style. It's yeah. like Chavez and Steve. It really is what like Chavez and Steve. <laughs> <laughs> this Super actor shit. looks looks like Faramir. First of all, who is this actor? Donald Logue. Yeah. What is that? What He's else is he in? From he was on a Fox show yeah, that was Blade, um, Grounded for Life. For life. I love him. Mm. <clears throat> Zodiac. Zodiac. He, Hell yeah. Yeah, he's he's good. I like I like Donald Logue. Honestly, this was the unintentional humor that really drove some parts of the movie for oh, me, Corey. No. <laughs> was it not? Like, come on, guys. I sent you guys a screenshot of his buddy saying, what will change? And I think it's just like, the, there's a lot of parts of the movie where they like quote Things from American nostalgic history, like after this war, there'll be a land where all men are created equal. Except you guys. (laughs) They solve racism. Yeah, you and there's another part where it's like That's one small step for man. One (laughs) giant leap for mankind. Mel Mel tries to like he asks his sister wife, like, hey, may I have a seat here? And she goes, Well, it's a free country. Well, maybe it will be someday, or something like that. That stuff kind of entertained me, Stevie. It's called staunch porn, Josh. And sometimes... It's good. Sometimes it's good. (laughs) Sometimes... It's Roland Emmerich's sometimes, specialty, baby. Sometimes it's, it's the best. It was the best of times. So, it was the worst of times in this movie that came to staunch porn. I genuinely can't get over he's not from America. That's so weird. <laughs> I think this movie set race relations back in this country by about 50 years. Um, it's, it's very ham-fisted and corny. I can't deal with it half the time. Just... If you're in the period, be in, it's not funny to be you? in the period. It's all safe. If you're in the period, be in the period. Um, that's what I think Glory did well. Glory was in the period. That was awesome. Um, this movie, there's a little bit of that with Donald Logue or Donald Logue when he was like, "What are you gonna do at Freedom?" And we just leave it at that. That was a good line. It was, and um, then just got a little ham fisty, you know. 
It, uh, just one of my uh, critiques of the movie, that's all. It almost felt like a sports movie. Like, you're not going to get your scholarship. You'll never pass the SAT. Like, <laughs> it has this aspect Stand of, like, and you're, you're, you're from a lower class. Uh, I don't know. There's a lot of corniness, a lot of unintentional humor, honestly, for me. I didn't hate it, Stevie. I know, but just, as I said, it was the best of times. It was the worst times. Some stuff was, like, good old staunch porn. Some stuff was, like, ugh. You know, just got a German guy who's just kind of trying to roll the punches. That's all. How do you feel about the the very end, Stevie? After the battle, there's, like, a little, I don't know you'd call it, like, coda outro does that work for you how are you feeling leaving the theater after the patriot um quite frankly i don't think he needed it uh especially like what we know now in a post-war sense um country was not great for a lot of people after this war um especially for like native americans that have been Probably a million times better had the British had won. Um, but, and like, you know, as much as they can say, like, hey, we solved racism, we know it never got better for a long, long time. And also, like, the other sad part of this was, like, maybe between, like, 300,000 people were literally expelled from this country for fighting for, uh, for being loyalists. So, like, families were torn apart that way. And friendships were torn apart that way, which I find kind of sad. So I don't think you needed that kind of coda. Do you? It's like Corey was saying. It's this level of cheese where they, they don't want to, like, deal with those realities. Instead, you know, the free men... Like, like the last shot of the movie is Mel Gibson shaking hands with the black guy. We right? solved we racism, Pat. We solved it. How come? Yeah, it's like he would have... There's no way that guy wants to stay in South Carolina after this you know and i guys from an intellectual perspective yes but yes no that's what i'm saying the the storytelling in the movie in the moment it's pretty slick like it kind of works the movie wants you to feel yeah but he should have been able to build a chair now that he's gotten through (laughs) agreed (laughs) what's this what was the whole point of this movie can't build chairs or or, Corey, fallen one last time you know i would have been Cool. But now he's okay with it. Now he doesn't overreact. Right. He doesn't need to slam it into the corner or onto another wrestler. I'm okay with either of these. Yeah. <laughs> he like makes a chair for George Washington. Dude, my sons were better men is an awesome line, by the yeah, way. Yeah, it is. As he stabs That's the guy. Good shit. Yeah. 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 Is that supposed to be the antithesis of stupid boy, basically? I feel like I Smart realized man, that stupid today. Boy? It's F you. I like that. Or better man versus stupid boy something like that should have cut his head off should have cut his head off Mikey (laughs) should have held his face in front of a cannonball Mikey would have loved that like right in front of a cannon and fired it that would have been nice but I like the way they did it that would have been so fucked up (laughs) did Mel Gibson need to kill Malfoy I was bringing this up to you and I don't know if this is lame like obviously like you feel better as an audience if he gets his revenge but I just, I don't know. I feel like it would have been thematically better if he leaves him to die on the battlefield. Yeah. You know, like he, he's broken free of that vengeance, anger driven 
killing. If it's kill or be That's killed. That's not American, Pap. I, I know. <laughs> but you, you picking up what I'm putting down, Josh? Like, could he just left him there to die? Like, would that have made sense? These colors don't run. Why would he leave him? Why? No, that doesn't make any sense to it me. Had, I guess. Had I to, he had to die. He told him he would kill him. Everybody's dying on this battlefield. I think a decision like that is a lot like... People are getting hacked up. The same thing about, like, Mel Gibson probably should have been a slave owner. I, I think this British general, or whatever he is, Colonel, the one it's based on, he actually does live and becomes, like, a member of Parliament back in Britain. Oh, yeah, he lives almost 40 years longer than Francis Marion, but... I, so I do dig what you're putting down, but I, I think that becomes a less sensational movie that you don't enjoy in the moment as much, Pap. And this mm-hmm. director is clearly going... Like, the flag couldn't be more prevalent. <laughs> well, yeah, he specific, like he wants you to feel a certain way leaving the theater. Like, patriotic, pumped up, cathartic ending. All the bows are wrapped up. You know, we, we solved racism. And I think it works a lot of ways. I mean, it's like a good ending. This movie came out on June 27th, by the way, so it was right before 4th Ooh. of July. That's smart. Didn't it just tear up the box office, too? Wasn't it, like, number one for, like, a month or something? Like, it did fucking numbers. Everyone saw this movie. It made a fuck ton of money. Um, I remember... We talked about this a little bit on our thread, but I remember a lot of hype for this. This was, like, a big deal. Kind of in the same way Gladiator was that same year. And I know there's a similar vibe, but, like, you know, all my friends saw this. I saw this. Perfect movie for a 13-year-old boy, that's for sure. Because the comedy, although it doesn't work for me at my age, definitely works for 12, 13-year-old me. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, sorry to correct the record, it ne- was never the number one movie in America. Perfect Storm, I, I, I never watched uh-huh. that movie. What a shithole movie to lose to. Lost to Perfect Storm, then lost to Scary Movie the next week, and What Lies Beneath yeah. the week after. What a great movie that is. That's... That's a good movie. Good movie. I know Stevie and I like that movie. That's scary. Mm-hmm. That's scary as crap, too, to me. For that me. movie scared the shit out of me as a kid. Dude, Summers used to be so different. Like, let's this not movie, line up movie This movie was in out. the theaters for <laughs> two months. Think about that. Like, that doesn't happen now. Now we get a new Transformers movie on 4th of July. USA. We got an American making American movies. <laughs> Sponsored by Chevy. Maybe we should get more Germans back. I don't know. It's not, it's not working for me. Uh, let's get into final thoughts. But before we open it up, there's a segment we have to do. Brett, could you, or sorry, Mikey, could you please cue the Bee Gees? There we go. Woo! Oh, yeah. Brett, you know what All time right, everybody, it is. It's time for Who's Dead? <laughs> That's it. We're workshop that. Literally, I was going to say that, Josh. I'm workshopping. Um, I have a note in my phone. It says the Patriot Death. So, famously, unfortunately, we lost uh, one of the best actors of the generation, Heath Ledger. Uh, accidental overdose, just a bunch of crap he was going through is really unfortunate. Um, as. Uh, Corey mentioned earlier, Rene Abergenois, the preacher, the reverend. He died in a pretty sad way, too. He had, like, some terminal painful cancer, and since he lived in California, like, 
They passed a bill where he could be, he basically was euthanized. Ooh, uh, legally. Um, and then the saddest one, and unfortunately, um, timing wise, my brother actually met this girl at the airport, I believe, and since it's his movie, the girl who played, I can't believe we didn't even talk about that scene. That scene guts me every time. But anyway, the girl who plays the girl who doesn't talk. No. She died at age 21 Damn. of an accidental yeah. overdose. Her name is Sky Nicole Bartusiak. My brother met her at the airport. Um, yes, that's that was a good go, scene. Papa, like guts I, me. I got teary at that so point. freaking sad. I got teary. I got teary at that point. Maybe cut the music. I have a daughter exactly that age, and it killed me. I love the juxtaposition of the sweet tones of Barry Gibb. It's <laughs> trash. Yeah, untouched. Mikey, I think you can cut the fucking music. You guys wanted hey, this. Hey, I, I this is your Mikey. thing. You wanted I this. My hands are above this. my head. <laughs> it's playing until the. There's two minutes left, Josh. It's going until it's done. <laughs> I got a bon- I got a bonus death for Ooh. the fans too. I guess it's not real. It's it's. Um, Jason Isaacs just died tonight. No way. No. Oh. Um, oh okay. That's that's. Jolie little, Richardson, who plays Charlotte, uh, the the new mom. Her sister was married to Liam Neeson. She died in a, a skiing accident. So. Parent trap um, zone. Is yeah. that where she was from? Yeah, parent trap. But yeah, sad one. Yep. Yeah. Heath, R.I.P. Heath, Renee, and Sky. Dude, I love Heath Ledger's cheeks when he smiles. My God, what a handsome boy he was! Um, yeah, I, Josh, did you cheer up? I teared up a little bit at the "Don't Go, Papa" scene. That scene fucking rules! Like, if Jesus. I would have known that Dude. she's passed, I would have probably cried. How do you leave? Yeah. Jesus, seriously, so okay? Sad, like dude. somebody, somebody mentioned earlier that Mel Gibson's got like really good physical acting. Who was that? I said that. Watch that scene where he goes down to hug her, and she. Backs away from him, like it's so, it's like so good, and you could see how devastated he is. But then he tries to like stiff up her lip bit, and he's like, "Okay," and then he leaves, and that's right before the "Don't go, Papa." But yeah, Josh, I guess, I guess it's probably a good thing that you didn't know that. Mm-hmm. She's an amazing kid actor. She's she's yes. great. Like she plays the shy little scared kid I so well. Like, I've, like we've all met a million of those kids, you know, like you just yeah, kind of nod and don't talk. And it's, it's a good character. She's acting out because, you know, her mom's dead. She's been, mm-hmm. she's had PTSD from that. She's acting out because her dad's always gone. Like she loves him, but she hates him because he's always gone. And oh, yeah, when she calls him back, that's like. She's kind of an avatar for like the whole kids kind of knowing that he has like a dark side or something. Like, a lot of the other kids are, like, playing it cool. But she's like, no, this is, like, fucked up. I'm just going to go mute protest. Yeah. She's kind of badass. I think all the kids are pretty well developed, actually. Like, they have different reactions even to that scene in the woods. Like, the one kid is, like, fucking devastated by it, you know? And the other kid was like, I'm glad I killed him. The one middle kid, he's he had a nice run of movies. He's in Sixth Sense and... uh Yep. He was Tommy Tomasino. I don't remember his name in the movie, but he's the Dude, one. Dude, he's also fucked up, though. I'm glad I killed those men, Pop. I'm yeah. glad. Oh, yeah. But mm-hmm. he's like, that's kind of Benjamin coming out without him coming yeah. out. He's devast- he, He's mad because he killed his brother. He's saying what 
Benjamin won't say, like, yeah, I'm glad he's dead too, but but it also probably scares him because he doesn't want his kid to turn out that way. Too late. We're in final thoughts. There's, I guess there's one subplot that we didn't really address at all. Um, Charlotte, Joey Richardson, Jolie Richardson, she falls in love with Mel Gibson and it's his ex-sister-in-law. I, I don't know. I don't even think he's not a fan. Kind of strange. They're both dead. Be practical. I think they could. Come on. They could just be family. They could just be family. Like it still works. Like you. Like they are a family. But then, like the way that the movie They're a very like, close family explains away <laughs> this relationship. It's like it's it tells don't shows. Like there's a one there's a whole scene where she has to say I'm not my sister, and he's like Yeah, I know. And she's like Well, good enough for me. And they start making out. It's like Okay, I got to either do it or don't do it. I don't know. Do I got it. a question for Stevie who watched the extended version. <laughs> so I have never noticed this before, but I was reading on IMDb. I guess on the regular version, when they're coming up to their, their house that everyone's building at the very end, mm-hmm. she's holding a bundle. And then when she's walking, the bundle's empty. And then when they show her again, she's got a bundle. And then I actually read on Wikipedia that they ended up having a kid together. Like in the extended, do they show that at all? I saw it in the regular. I, again, I, I'm sure it's oh, there. I didn't, it. I didn't even notice it. But like, she's holding a bundle, but they don't believe they ever show a baby. But then, like, in continuity airs, it's like not. It's there. Then it's not there again. Josh, I'm sure it's there. I just didn't ever. I've never noticed it. There's something way worse about that end shot, anyway, Brett. That very end shot, if you go up and queue it up, if you still have it rented, still within the period. Got Uncle Buck suggested still here. And you can go check it out at 237-ish or something like that. This guy chopping wood at the end as they zoom out, he gives every free American a terrible name for strength, stamina. Is it skunk? focus no he just won't the way he's chopping <laughs> yeah. is the word <laughs> what, it, what is what he doing he's chopping poorly 237 24 he, he will How never you see that he will chop through <laughs> one log a day it's impossible to unsee i have to watch it what's he he's doing slow motion it's bizarre he's like, he's like an animatronic he's like choking way yeah. up on the axe ah <sighs> Sorry to nitpick, but that is whoever that's funny that, though. No, I never know that. So I guess Stevie, they, they don't mention it. There's nothing more about it. It's just weird that they would have that and not focus on it. I don't know. I don't know. I thought it was a weird story to have in here. Like, why can't Charlotte just <laughs> be the aunt? Josh. <laughs> oh my gosh, it's r- unreal. Why not? Like, I don't understand. Like. What does it what add, does it add to, to it? There's not more stakes. Yeah. I guess children are well, stakes at this point. It doesn't really right. add anything. And just say you're lonely and horny at a point. Just say it. But we know they like to shoehorn relationships in the movies. But that's they not the demographic for this movie. The demographic for this movie was like men probably in their late 30s or early 40s, like kids who like want to see a rated R movie. Like this isn't a very woman friendly movie. And to shoehorn like this in there just seemed kind of odd. There's already a good love story that works and it's tragic. Yes. Like I, th- this doesn't. Yeah, but they're dead. Yeah, it's tragic. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I don't. That that's. I don't have a problem with. She is holding a baby. Jesus Christ. Seriously though, just this guy doesn't need to try to act. Just watch the main characters walk by, and you don't need to pretend to act like 
fucking wuss. Is it oh the very end scene, Josh? It's the yes. very last scene, bottom of the frame. Oh, I can't wait to watch guy this. Guy swinging the axe. Yeah. Oh, dude. It's Don't insane. It. And I'm not going to lie. Um, I Not to harp on this even more, but... Okay, bottom left, bottom left. We're dollying He's up. got the axe. Okay, he just got to the axe. Here we... How far is he choked up? Guy, come on. <laughs> He's not even... <laughs> Worst There's performance no of the wood whole chips. Movie. That man, no wood chips are flying up in his face. Like nothing is happening. That man would be dead. He would not be alive right now. There's that <laughs> man is. He wouldn't have made it through the war. He wouldn't have made it through the war. That man doesn't have an ounce of testosterone in his body. That is. He starts chopping firewood for the winter in October and finishes in July. <laughs> no, maybe that's Simple Jack. The whole next Let's character. Go. The whole next movie is about him. <laughs> I have a final thought, Pappy. Yeah. Underrated part of the movie. Just really quick, want to hit on this little detail. I bet Brett loved it. But there's this part where Mel Gibson is like recruiting people in a bar. And one of his friends comes up. It's the one with like that little redhead kid that gets killed. Yeah. Gingy. And he, when his friend mentions like he heard about the redcoats getting killed and this, oh, this ghost. <laughs> that. I love that part. It's so cool how they're like, they're making like an, they're making the legend of Benjamin Martin grow. And it's just like a really, like you get their friendship. They're kind of fucked up friendship right away, too. Yeah. Cool part of the movie. Apparently, also, I noticed it, but he walks up and he literally never, he like walks away and he literally never signs the paper. Stevie, just to confirm, there's no comeuppance for Adam Baldwin in the extended cut. We said that, right? Like, he just disappears. He just from disappears. Um, he probably blends that is in. Weird. His uh, character arc is one of the oddest ones, um, because he's very against burning the church, and then he's thinking about it, and then he's like, "Ah, fuck it, promotion time." Burns the church, <laughs> and then we look he at him again. Throw it though. Then we look at him again, and he's like. Why are we doing this? But he's the one that did it. It's a it's a yeah. very peculiar um, character arc this man wields. Mm-hmm. Then he joins the war, uh, the Vietnam War, as animal mother. And, yep, and then is that uh, his name? He, I got he's so yeah he's animal such a mother in that movie. Yeah. But um, animal mother. Yep. It. Uh, I don't understand like why you'd have a character like that. Who's like, you know, these people should die, you know, a treasonous death or whatever, a traitor's death. You know, he's all for, you know, king and country and whatnot. But you don't flesh out his arc. It just seemed like he got lost in the shuffle. I don't know. Yeah. Well, he's told him in the church at the beginning that he wasn't for this war. Should have seen it coming. He had a coming. It's a lost cause. <laughs> I can't believe he doesn't get killed in this movie. It's kind of unbelievable. He should have gotten a cannonball right to the middle of his body. Mm-hmm. That or at least like show him like getting expelled from the country. Like that have been fine. Like, I mean, I'm sure his lineage is over in London right now with their piss poor food and rain all day. But like, it just, I don't know, to have that character disappear and also have him kind of be a focus of certain things. And we've turned yeah. him into a villain. We ha- we're teetering on the edge of the entire movie by this character. Like, what is he? Like, is he good? Is he bad? Is he going to come back? Is he going to go bad? He goes full bad 
And then it's just that. We don't get a closure to it. It's just strange. All right. I have, I have, is it, tell me if this is too dark. So at the very end, they're wheeling back to his, where his home burned down. And they're going down and Mel Gibson, Shire. he looks up, yeah. to, up and to the left and the camera shows Adam Baldwin hanging there with a sign that says traitor. That'd be awesome. Mm-hmm. I could have fleshed it out because, I mean, again, they would have heard that he killed all those people. Obviously, Benjamin didn't have anything to do with it because he wasn't there, but I don't know. It could have been dark. Where are they building the new house at the end? Same place. Uh, South Carolina? A new yeah. world, Stevie. Whew. A new that world. That poor guy who's like, we can build a new world. And I thought we'd start here. Whew. If he only knew. Hey, That's South Carolina's a blue state, bro. I got a yes and for you, Brett. How about he's tarred and feathered? Yeah, Ooh, they did yeah. that back then. Yeah. Yep. Oh, yeah. Put him in the stocks. Ooh, the stocks, baby. And he's like, oh, there's no honor in this. Yeah, and then that'd be good. I like that. Apropos to nothing and not related to anybody on this podcast, uh, Mel Gibson's ex-wife in the movie on the gravestone, it reads Elizabeth Putman Martin. Putnam. I don't associate with them. Oh, well, yeah, not not you. Yeah, (laughs) Could be anybody we're talking about here. Uh, Don't want to dox you. Any other final thoughts? Long movie. Anything we missed? John Williams score, but not one of his best. You don't think? Nah, I think it's okay, but it's... I mean, it's not iconic, but it's still good. It was... That, that's actually led to my final thought. Go ahead. You go ahead. It's pretty good, but like, when uh, you, you think of a John Williams score, there's usually like a very specific, catchy tune that he'll write to associate the feel of a certain movie, you know, depending on the subject matter. You know, like, Hook has, like, these very, like, um, whimsy tones, and then you got, like, the Jurassic Park, like, the the awe and wonder of, like, the Jurassic Park theme. You know, Star Wars, I mean, it goes on. He's done a lot of stuff, Jaws. But I don't really get that with this movie. Not not to say it's a bad score, but it's just not quite the what I expect from a big John Williams score. You didn't score. like that part where it goes, America! <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I like the music in this movie. I think Pappy and I were talking about that, but... I have a question. So this movie was nominated for three Oscars. They lost all three. I personally have never seen Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. It good. I take it everybody everybody here has? Yeah. Yeah. So In theaters. that won for best score and it won for best cinematography, which yep. the Patriot was both nominated for. Stevie, good wins? Yeah. Especially the cinematography Crouching level. Tiger, Hidden Dragon was a phenomenon. Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon was so far ahead of its time. Um, mm. That was doing some shit that's like, even when you call it like ropes and wire, like kung fu, like it looks incredible on screen. Um, because this movie looks great, is my point. Yeah, like, this so that mo- must be like, really good. As much as I can like shit talk like the history point of view of this movie, it looks fantastic. Like there's no shortage yeah. in effort into making this movie look very of the period. Um, and it just looks awesome. It feels, oh, yeah. I mean, it feels like when I saw this in theater, I feel like I was like there in it. Um, it looks fantastic. It transports yeah, it's a you. Mm-hmm. Trans, like, like 
uh, Corey just said, it's a transporting type movie. But Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, that's um, that's definitely a good win, especially on the cinematography level. And it lost to, well, first of all, this was a good year, I guess, for cinematography. Uh, Crouching Tiger beat Gladiator, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou, The Patriot, and then a movie I've never heard of called Melena. Lena? But that's a pretty good pretty good list of movies, so. And then it lost Best Sound to Gladiator, so I don't know enough about that, so. Obviously, I know Gladiator was awesome, so I guess I'm okay with it. Good year for movies. Yeah. 2000. Battlefield Earth, Best Visual Effects. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. Best Actor in a Leading Role. <laughs> <laughs> was Mel nominated for this movie for Best Actor? No. No, I don't believe. I don't mm. believe. No, because only I didn't. I named the three. Because it's just it's kind of strange. You guys talk about like because Russell Crowe won Best Actor for playing pretty much the exact same character as Mel Gibson. So just be- who would you give it to? Who would you give it to, Stevie? Um, Gladiator. I'll say this: Mel Gibson's a better actor than Russell Crowe. Russell Crowe had better material to read. I mean, the when he links back up with Commodus in the thing is like the best. It's well written. Fifteen second yeah. speech in my I, like. I still get goosebumps whenever he's like, "My name is Maximus Decimus Meridius," and that whole is so freaking good. Neither well, of those maybe you guys should have picked. Are... You guys Not... should have picked this for your favorite period war piece. Then yeah. neither of no those performances are. No John one said Goodman. Gladiator. Are, are what? Doesn't matter. <laughs> I, I keep one here. Are you saying no, either one of them deserved you... an Oscar? What'd you say, Pappy? <laughs> Neither one of those performances are as good as John Goodman as Big Dan Teague and No Brother or Arthur. You can all God. agree. True that. Too cool. <laughs> Wasn't worth it. <laughs> I thought you were going to say something like, neither one of these performances deserve an Oscar. And I was going to be like, what? But then, yeah, that makes sense, what you said. We ready for yes or no? We did the yeah. final thought thing? Let's go east to east this time. Shake it up. Kylo? This is Corey, Kylo Ren memes. I'm going to give this a yes. I do actually like this movie, despite it being corny and stupid sometimes. And then maybe at the end a little bit too movie-ish, if that makes any sense, in its finality. But, you know, this movie does transport you to the time, like Stevie said. This movie has some balls in its storytelling within its own story. Historical significance, other, you know, notwithstanding... But within its story, this movie does things that I think are, are big choices, and it gives the movie stakes. Great performances from uh, Mel Gibson and some of the side people as well. They really like buy you in to this environment and like this. Some of the relationship dynamics, like uh, Mel Gibson and his friend, like Josh was saying, you feel like they've known each other for a long time outside of what we see. They've has they've have some interactions that kind of flesh that out to you. So. Not all the acting's amazing, but I think there are some that are particularly good. Again, Mel Gibson, it's easy to kind of laugh at him now because now it's known that he's a <laughs> lunatic. He probably was a lunatic back then, too, but uh, still a great actor. You know, sometimes lunatics can be great actors. I won't take that away from <laughs> Often them. are, yeah. Yeah. Think um, Morbius. Gary Busey. <laughs> so... <laughs> It, this, this movie can be corny, but it is not uh, a shit show like some of Roland Emmerich's ever, other movies. You know, I think among Roland Emmerich movies, he's got a couple hits. This one is one of them, and Stargate is another one. 
And I might even like this more than Stargate, which is potentially an unpopular opinion in the sci-fi community. Um, so that's all I got. I guess, lastly, I know, Mikey, you, you weren't going to be able to be here, but at the last minute you were able to join, and I just want to let you know that I'm honored to have you with us. <laughs> honored. <laughs> Speaking awesome. of Mikey, Mikey. I want Morbius, not less. Uh, this is a yes. Uh, I don't like anything to do with this period of history i think it's just so fucking boring uh but this happens to make the battles look pretty good i think these are like the best battles that you can ask for in a revolutionary war movie um i don't know i haven't seen anything better but i haven't gone out looking for those movies um and it's a i mean it's at least an interesting story this guy is a total badass and and this history, this alternate history, I guess we're calling it. Uh, and he's a real psychopath, a real war criminal. So it's, I don't know. I think the violence in this movie is great. I don't care for much of anything else in terms of the storytelling. I, I just like the the battle scenes in this movie, I think, are totally worth it to sit through the two and a half hours of this movie. So it's a Let's soft go. yes in that regard. Stevie. Um, I'm going to give this a yes. Um, it's kind of like two things at play. I really like how this movie looks. I like the acting. Um, sometimes I feel like this movie tries to pass itself off as a historical drama. And it's kind of like, no. Um, and part of like, part of this movie kind of infuriates me that it goes on for years versus I think we could have told the story in a matter of like a three days tops, which is a man during this time getting revenge for this uh, death of his son. Um, not single handedly trying to win the revolutionary war, but um, I like how it looks. Mel Gibson's great in this movie. Almost as good as he was in that voicemail to his ex-wife, but I'll, yeah, I'll give it a yes. Josh. Run a roll. Think about how there could have been such a cool movie if like 75% of it was in him and his two little tiny boys running across cross country trying to like pick off and snipe this single British regime to save one soldier. Like that's a fucking movie. That's a movie. That'd be sure, really that'd cool. Be awesome. That'd be awesome. But maybe that's also because that's also the best scene in this movie, like me and Brett pointed out several times. Um, I think this movie does a strong case of showing how one man can be radicalized <laughs> by a colonizing group if there's tragedy in his life. And somehow in the modern society, that's not super pro-American. But it's so incredibly American in this movie. It's almost funny in a weird, hypocritical way, I guess. Um, I love this movie when I first saw this when I was like four, 15 or whatever. And I really like this movie still. It. I remember thinking back then that it was like a perfect movie 
is really bought into America then. I think we're all, even you, Brett, we're all a little more cynical about everything now. So I don't think this movie is going to fire on all cylinders for many people. But man, it's so well done. It's a huge yes for me. I think there's a Wil- Wilhelm scream, the 225.15 mark. If anyone wants to go back and check that out. But I really like this movie still. I was very relieved to like it today. I didn't love it as much as I did back then, but I still liked it and it's a hard yes. All right. Um, definite hard yes for me. This is Pappy. First of all, Brother Brian, we really appreciate your rock-hard Viggo Mortensen patronage. Um, I know we were a little bit more mixed on Robin Hood. Uh, it looks like we're going to be preserved here with the pick. Um, you know, I'm totally fine with the movie taking historical liberties. But at the same time, I'm also totally fine with if someone wants to see this movie and be like, no, fuck this. Like, I don't like the way my ancestors are being depicted in this movie and it's leaving out a huge part of American history. I totally get that too. But like, when I look at The Patriot and I'm watching the credits go by now, literally hundreds and hundreds of people did their jobs fucking amazingly. Like, it, like as a work of art, just... Everything below the line is amazing. A, A-plus stuff. The costume, cinematography, the direction. You know, a couple story things. Yeah, I can pick some nits for sure. Um, it's very long, but I also wasn't bored. And I think it's pretty decently paced for an epic movie like this. You got your highs. You got your lows. You got your cheesy role in Emirate comedy. You know, some of it works... Some of it doesn't, but overall, I think The Patriot works pretty fucking well for me. I'll go very solid to hard yes. Last but not least, Brett, this came from your brother. We just started saying that on this podcast. You grew up with this movie. What say you? Oh, yeah, this is a hard, hard yes for me. I love this movie. Um, Probably seen it a dozen times or so. Um... Don't I mean I I love the acting the some of the the action scenes it's all just really good for me um, yeah I don't really need to go much more into it I will even though it made it a little harder a few minutes ago I'd like to apologize to Stevie while you are very smart and talented like Spike Lee you are not lame like him you are nothing like Spike Lee <laughs> I apologize for that. You, it's not like you don't have a point, but storming out of a theater after three hours and just being mad about that and letting it blind you, your rage blind you, that you can't even see anything else, that's a problem for me, but whatever. Um, my ancestors, Irish, were, they were always well treated, so I don't have anything to think <laughs> like that. So, um, hard, hard yes. I'm really glad we did this. Who knows what third movie we got another third movie from brian coming up <laughs> nobody knows what it is i'm excited to find out no one could even guess no <laughs> has he even told us josh uh pappy it's impossible to know i will say uh thank you to all of our patrons especially shout out to austin who just upped his patronage from um real human being 
to preserved so you'll hear his name if you want to request a movie or a series of movies uh or even just want to hear your name read by Hmm. spoiler man check out the link uh patreon.com slash spoilers podcast spoiler man will tell you how to access that but it wouldn't be an episode of spoilers without some trivia this one's pretty fucking lame i've been workshopping a few (laughs) trivias tonight (laughs) or on these brother brian picks um we're going to go with the order Brett, Josh, Ho. Mike, Stevie, Mikey, Corey, East to East. The name of the game is Patriot or Patriot. I have been leveraging Wikipedia for these. I got a list of wikipedia.org slash list of military leaders in the American Revolutionary War. And wikipedia.org slash list of New England Patriots players. You have to say if it's a football player or a leader in the Revolutionary War. We'll do two strikes, you're out. Last man standing wins. And I will say, I think... Karen Hernandez. (laughs) We'll we'll get to that. Great leader (laughs) for the Colonel Army. (laughs) I will say, I think... Each of these people had an individual Wikipedia page dedicated to them. And... There could be some overlap in the list, but it doesn't matter. It's whatever I have written down in the sheet, so. Gotcha. Guess well. Brett, William Irvine. Irvine? Sorry, Willem Irvine. As in default. Uh, I'll, I'll say Revolutionary War? Correct. Oof. I don't have any context on these people either, so maybe I could add that as we go. But Josh, John Glover. Gotta be a New England patriot. I'm sorry. He was a Revolutionary War hero or redcoat. I'm not sure. Yeah, that's what I meant. <laughs> One that's what I meant. He was a patriot he's a in New, New England. He's a patriot. In, yeah. I got you. Pick it up what you're putting down. I'm, Stevie? I don't think I got a strike. Half strike? Stevie? Adam Vinatieri. Oh, God. These were randomized. I could have swore he was next to a Christmas addict at the Boston Massacre. Um, (laughs) I will say he is a New England Patriot. That would be correct. Mikey, Kim Hammond. Is the Boston Hmm. Massacre the thing at the, like, 5K? Excuse me, Josh. I'm trying to play trivia (laughs) here. Um, 5K? What, what did you say his name, his, his name is Kim Hammond. Hmm. I feel like he'd be burned at the stake for having that name <laughs> back then. So I'm going to say <laughs> uh, a New England Patriot. That would be correct. Brett, where did he go to school for college? Do you know? What's his name? Kim Hammond. I don't know. Florida State? I don't know. Yeah, that's why I asked you. Corey? There's never been a game more up your alley. Israel Putnam. Not to be confused. Israel Putnam. <laughs> no relation. Uh, dude. I support Israel Putnam over Stevie Putnam. Stevie Putnam. Easy. <laughs> over Palestine Putnam. <laughs> Football player. Revolutionary War Hero. I'm sorry. Shocking. Brett, back to you. (laughs) 
No strikes. Samson Matthews. Ooh, that sounds like it could be both. Um... You just gotta think if, like, Key and Peel could say the name in that <laughs> sketch. Samsonian. I... Would it work in a street song? I will say Revolutionary War. He was a lieutenant colonel called on by Thomas Jefferson to resist Benedict Arnold's invasion of West Virginia. Correct. Obviously. Josh, Dan Allard. Quite sure that's a footballer. Dan Allard was a New England Patriot. Correct. Yee. Stevie, Harold Shaw. Harold Shaw. Um. Harold? I will say New England Patriot. He was. He ran a 46240. Damn! I thought you had no info. Uh, I started using Control F. I opened up the Wikipedia pages. Oh, when Stevie goes, all of a sudden Pappy has all this info. Gotcha. <laughs> well, let's see if Mikey. Wink. I might have. I might have some details on this one, Mikey. George Washington. <laughs> Ooh. I'm gonna go Revolutionary War. That would be correct. Listen, it, it was slim pickings on this list to find people. Corey. He had a wooden dick. It's on the Wikipedia. <laughs> he had a wooden cock. <laughs> yep. Awesome. Harry Crump. Harry Crump was in the Revolutionary War. Football player. Sorry, he was a patriot. I think that's two strikes for you. I think it's the guy who died at the Haunted yep. Mansion at uh, Disney World. Brett, we're back to you. John Butler. John Butler. Uh, I'll Not say to be confused with John Butler. I'll say Revolutionary War. Correct. He was a ranger in the Revolutionary War. Josh, speaking of wooden dicks, William Smallwood. Revolutionary War. Correct. Stevie, Anthony Wayne. Mad Anthony Wayne? I don't think I can say. Oh, People get mad when I add context. I know. Uh, I will say, you know, it's probably, he's probably a patriot, but I'll say Revolutionary War. That would be correct. There you go. That's what Fort Wayne was named after. Yep. I mean, well, it's named after the fort, but Mad Anthony Fort. Yeah. Mikey John Thomas. Ooh. There's almost certainly been one for each, but this is the list. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'll say Revolutionary War. Correct. Brett, back to you. William Maxwell. I'll save football player. Ooh, that's your first strike. Revolutionary War. We got Josh with the strike. Brett with the strike. Uh, so this that's back it? to. Yeah, I think so. Mikey and Stevie haven't missed. Yeah, yeah. Kylo? Kylo out. Oh, yeah. Josh, Sam Hunt. Mike? Mm, Revolutionary War. Shout out to Mr. Drescher, fifth grade. My brother Sam is dead. I probably just got out. I don't know. Sam Hunt played for the Patriots from 1974 to 1975 as a linebacker. He attended Stephen F. Austin University. 
Josh has been eliminated. It comes down to Brett, Stevie, and Mikey. Stevie, I think you're next. All right. My order got thrown off. George Matthews. Uh, see, with these names, I feel like there could be both. Definitely um, could be both, for sure. Yeah, George Matthews. If you knew your history. Mr. Matthews. One T or two T's. Of the New England Patriots. <laughs> or Revolution. Corey Matthews. As I say, Corey Matthews. And I say, Eric Matthews. And I say, Amy Matthews. Um, I think that Matthews is important with Philadelphia. I'll say Revolutionary War. George Matthews was an American soldier and politician from Virginia and served as a brigadier general in the Continental Army. But also played in the NFL? But also played defensive end for the Patriots from 1993 <laughs> to 1994, the practice squad. Mikey, Eddie Ray. <laughs> uh, that's got to be the New England Patriots. That would be correct. 1970. Brett, back to you with one strike. Yep. Nathaniel Green. Oh, jeez. Uh, that's definitely Revolutionary War. Yeah, he's famous, right? Yes. I think I think he was part of him was based uh, Benjamin Martin was based on him a little bit. One of the I best believe. strategists in the Continental Army served under Washington yeah. in New York, New Jersey, and Pennsylvania. Okay, Stevie, Tom Flick, Tick and Flicka, um, Tom Flick. You know, it probably is a Revolutionary War guy, but God bless, that's a great football name. I'll say a New England Patriot. Stevie, you're on fire. Yes, yeah, that is a New England Patriot. That's a great football name. You're on fire like that church in the movie. <laughs> Mikey Benedict Arnold. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, man. He played safety. He ran for 2,000 yards <laughs> in 1984. <laughs> uh, that would be the Revolutionary War. Yes. Brett Henry Knox. Revolutionary War. Stevie Joshua Babcock. Gosh, these are easy. How is that easy? I'll say Patriot, New England Patriot. That's the first strike. Damn. He was actually a revolutionary. A lot more phallic names back then. I don't want to give anything away, but. Uh, Mikey, Mike Cloud. Ooh. Uh, New England Patriot. Mikey has not missed. Damn. Brett, Garrett Gilbert. Garrett Gilbert was a player for the Patriots. That he was. Stevie, Henry Clinton. I'm going to go on a gander and say Revolutionary War. Mm -hmm. There you go. Mikey, Ken Walter. William Belichick. (laughs) (laughs) Cam Walter? Ken Walter. Ken Walter? Um, uh, New England Patriot. Mikey has not missed. Brett. Ooh, yeah. Dick Christley. Uh-oh. Or Christley. Dick Christie, Christy, sorry. Character? Dick Christie. Christie. Oh, a- Dick Christie. Crispy Dick. Dick Christie. Uh, no doubt. Patriot. Uh, New England. He was an all-star halfback oh. for the Patriots. Uh, Stevie Ken Walter. 
You just said oh, wait, that. Wait, that one. Sorry. Yeah, Sam. Like, CB, CB, Andrew, Andrew Perkins. Pickens. Andrew Pickens. Wait, Pickens? Pickens. <laughs> P-I-C-K-E-N-S. <laughs> I don't know. Patriot? No, it's a good... Would be a good uh, defensive back, but he was a... That's another guy who Benjamin Martin was loosely based on, I believe. Mikey, no strikes. Brett, one strike. Mikey, Josh Gordon. Seriously? That's a New England Patriot. Yes. Not even Joshua. He smokes smokes weed, right? Yeah. Yeah. Every time he's gotten back in the league, he's got kicked out again, like, immediately. I swear on Spoiler Man's life, I randomized these. I I promise. Are ghosts real? Yes, no, they used to be. (laughs) Charles Lee. (laughs) Ooh, that sounds... That sounds Revolutionary War to me. Mikey, everyone's going to get mad at me. Tom Brady. Oh my gosh. Ooh. That's the GOAT. Uh, that's a New England Patriot right there. Brett Thomas Sumter. <laughs> Revolutionary War. Mikey, Ethan Allen. Ooh. Uh, that's Revolutionary War. Green Mountain Boys. Brett Joseph Martin. Uh, Revolutionary War? Mikey Fred Baxter. Revolutionary War. First strike for Mikey. Ah. Next strike loses. Brett Tom Beer. Spell that last name. B-E-E-R. New England Patriots. Correct. Bye, Kylo. <laughs> Corey just Irish exited the podcast. Not a fan what? of football trivia. Mikey Cur- Curtis Martin. New England Patriot. Very famous New England Patriot. He did Brett say I gotta John go, guys. Barry. Sorry. John Barry. Is that B-E or B-A? B-A. Uh, Revolutionary War? Jesus Christ, you guys. Mikey, Charles McDowell. Uh, mm, New England Patriot. It's over. He was Ah, a Revolutionary War hero. You guys are way deeper than I thought you possibly could. What would my next one have been? John Sullivan? Oh, Sully. New England Patriots, right? There could be both, but I had him as a revolutionary I know, I was completely joking. I have no idea. I was waiting for Randy Moss. Say, there's an offensive lineman who played for the Vikings whose name is John Sullivan. Regardless, he was also a military leader in a revolutionary war. Went way longer than I thought, but Brett, I think fitting. This was your brother's movie. Uh, one of your favorite movies growing up. Give us a hot take and toss us to Spoiler Man. Oh, I don't. So I don't know. No hot take right now. Um, I'm hot taked out. Too much going on right now in the world to give any hot takes. Uh, I mean, I think it's. I guess here's one. I think it's funny. Now, no, never mind. Um, let's go ahead and take it away. Spoiler man. Special thank you to our patrons, Matt Troll. <laughs> 
O'Brien. Fireworks, lovely. <laughs> Druid King. Oh Nick. Come, boys, come. The Meg. Colonel, you must know that in civilized warfare, officers in the field must not be accorded in appropriate levels of hostile attention. Nurse Stacy. Their names and ranks? They refuse to give me their names, but their ranks are nine lieutenants, five captains, three majors, and one very fat colonel who called me a cheeky fellow. The Wolf. You know, this is not the conduct of a gentleman. If the conduct of your officers is the measure of a gentleman, I'll take that as a compliment. Barky 420. Name small, Miss Small. P.K. Name small, Miss Small. Spencer. A shepherd must tend his flock. Gale. And at times, bite off the wolves. Swole. He rode in under a white flag for formal parley. Cheese zombie. Before this war's over, I'm going to kill you. Sebastian. And you, Reverend, are as ardent patriots as I. Dr. Lars. Yes, pray for them. Stone Cold Austin. This is a house of God. Nephew Quinn. Oh, hi. Uh, my name is Stan, and this is Kenny. Hi. Um, We saw your movie, The Passion, and we didn't like it, so can we have our money back, please? You can't not like the passion. I just followed the Bible. Christ died for you. Go home. If you'd like to request an episode, hear your name read by Spoiler Man, or even just help us make podcasts, please check us out on patreon.com slash spoilers podcast. Be sure to check out Corey's podcast, Big Dumb Movie. Our email is podcastspoilers at gmail.com. Twitter is at spoilers underscore pod. Our Instagram is Podcast Spoilers. It's lit. Josh Hensley from the Rutabaga wrote our theme song. Please support this podcast by leaving us an iTunes review. To do this, one, search for movie spoilers. Two, click on our orange spoilers bowl logo and scroll all the way to the bottom. Three, leave us some stars and some words. Now you can check us out on Spotify. YouTube, Stitcher, Apple, and Google Podcasts. Spoilers is now available on Audible. Something. What's up with Happy? Recording this guy gone. I don't know. Yeah, I started recording it, but I don't want it to be like we're recording it when Pappy's fire. Pa- yeah, when his house burned down. Yay! We're recording. Woohoo! Uh, What's going on? Someday. Pappy, said, we were like here, and then he just like. Cussed. He's like, I gotta go. I'm not going. I'll be back, but I gotta go. Call he said him. he was gonna lose audio, and then that's the last we heard from him. So, that's it. It was not important you at all. Son of a bitch. I couldn't hear him. <laughs> Oh, man. Yeah, we're looking for some old, possibly lost pods. And all of a sudden, he just found an SD card and was, like, going berserk. We all thought his house is burning down. Did he find the SD card? Is that a sexual disease joke? 
No. That's found a, his porno. Have we guard. found the podcast that we recorded at the retreat? I don't know. <laughs> Pappy? I'm here. I didn't even hear what Pappy said. He... I'm here. What's up? I found another SD card, but it's from last year. Sheesh. I got really day. excited. When last year when Kylo was in town. How many SD cards have we used in right. this fucking thing? I mean, to spook you. Unbelievable. I thought we'd been using the really same card this whole time. And then really sad. Can you hear me right now? <laughs> Hello? I, I can hear you. Pappy? Happy. Hello. What? Can you hear us? Hello. Now I can. Yes. Sorry. How many SD cards have we used in the fucking pod track? At least two. No, at least four. I have two in my hand. One from yeah. when Corey was here first. One from okay. more recently. And then one of the ones I found in my backpack had just the green, uh, what, what was that called? The green knight? <laughs> yeah. It had just that. Well, why do you keep, can't you fit like a million podcasts onto one SD card? Why Dude, you, yes. <laughs> yeah. Why do you have so many? That's one of, that's one of our things. Was SD the one cards. we had like a terabyte too? Wasn't it fucking huge? 128 is ridiculous for audio. Yeah, for audio, that's basically unlimited. <sighs> Damn. Hey, Stevie. What's happening? I think this is... Oh, we got Kylo coming still, right? Where's he at? He's coming. <sighs> Achoo! Just the voice chaos. By the What's way, up? What's up? Just won seventy bucks. Check that out. What happened to Allie? Uh, she had something come up with work, I guess. Someone like I don't know the whole situation, but someone else like had an emergency, so she had to like fill in or something like that. Just the boys. Full boat boys. Los boyos. Steve, you want off this note then? Here goes this joke. <laughs> what was that? I'm honored to have you with us. Honored. Honored. Yeah. <laughs> Damn it. I even wrote that shit down. You have to get a minority or a woman on the pod so you can yeah. say that to them <laughs> or what? figured it was going to be perfect. Yeah. You know, you've earned my respect. You know, you less than human. <laughs> Easy. Jeez. <laughs> Corey, recording all the way from Bakersfield. <clears throat> you literally sweat. <laughs> hey, Mikey. Yeah. Just some constructive criticism. The board's been a little bit quiet in our ears last pot or two. Maybe I just love it yeah. too much. Yeah, can you crank the board? The yeah, board honestly. can't be too loud. 
fuck is that noise? Ice. I'm trying to pound the rest of this coffee before we start. And then give me a straw. Oh, I got you. Do you get an ice in your face? (sighs) All right, I'm good. Shake an espresso? The face ice for the last few drinks. Face ice? Yeah, what face the, ice what is a real thing. <laughs> what do you? How do you not know what I'm talking about? Face you, ice is it's a real thing. You're trying to like gently tip up the cup to get like the last sweet sweet beverage from the cup, and you gotta and like kind of crank it down. An avalanche of ice. Yeah. Oh, yeah. In the nose. oh yeah. It's that. Yeah. Yes. Mm. Care if I grab some of the drink real quick? Then we can start. Yeah, I'm good. Brett, how are you? I'm okay. I just have to. Josh said he's recording the Skype call, and just in case, I don't know. I mean, is your phone, is your phone charged? <laughs> what? It's charging. I don't have power. I don't have internet, so. Oh, that's I'm, right. I forgot about your internet. Sounds fine. Oh, right, right. It's a it brother really Brian good. Pod tradition. The last Unlike time any other. we lost power. The tradition is a utility goes out. Yeah. Hashtag Fort Wayne probs. Next time it'll be the water. <laughs> <laughs> that Brett. doesn't affect the pod, so we'll be okay with it. Brett, you sound fine, and your timing seems fine, though. Yeah, you seem good. Yeah, I it's, I, it, everything you, sounds fine on my end. It's going to see the recording. How it goes. You're recording on Audacity, though, right? Oh, not yet, but I will be. Yeah, so you'll be fine. I was pressured by one of my coworkers to dress up for Halloween tomorrow to boost morale. Cool. So I went and we went and bought a costume tonight. Mario? Bob Ross. Oh, that's a good oh, one. That's a good one. That's a good one. Yeah. It's, came with a big afro and a beard. And then I bought like a painting palette. You just need the afro though, right? Uh, you yeah, got the facial hair cover the job. Yeah. What what clothing yeah. are you going to wear? Uh, jeans and like a white shirt. Button-up shirt, nice. and then yeah, like loafers or something. Sick. Well, guys, it's gonna be an honor to podcast with you. An honor. <laughs> honor to have you with us. Hold on, let me go back to that so I can hear the way he says it. He says it weird too. An honor. He makes a cringy line even it. cringier in that moment. No. It's delivered horribly. What's? Hmm. Delivered. There's saves. a lot of those in this movie. Are you hold the line? Hold the line. <laughs> hold Steady. The line. <laughs> Steady. The hot take, Kylo. Josh, how old were your daughters? Elliot <laughs> <laughs> was twelve and Pauline ten. Dread green eyes. They were Dread blown green up eyes. on boat. That's Dread all I knew about them. Yeah, same thing. There's terrible accents in this movie all the way around. <laughs> Very nice. Blown up oh, on I don't think the French accent from the French actor is that bad, to be honest with you. All right. All right. Brett, it's 10 o'clock on a Thursday. Let's be nice about it. I got Ace a list of three, three, deaths, three deaths, by the way, guys. Two brother patriots. Only three deaths? Yeah, of the, like, the top 20 cast, I'm like only three of them are dead. Mikey, do you hey, have hey, the hey, uh, hey, staying alive music? I guess we'll have to uh, 
come back Ooh, to I Brett because I want to hear about that. I know I one I of them. I know one of them, too. Yeah, let's but, not yeah. blow the segment, boys. I know, I, it's I, so hard to not talk about the Patriot. Can we talk about it? Yeah, Mel, Gib- Mel Gibson's quick. career, that was a quick death. I just then. want to know if we have the music. Okay, let's, let's We're try. all aching to talk about this movie. <laughs> and voicemails. <clears throat> yeah, we Something's got it. weird with the soundboard. I, but Could you guys hear it? No, not a thing. I mean, I could hear it, but it was just like in and out, in and out, in and out. Is that the sort of spoiler men you are? <laughs> <laughs> Fucking no ball, bitch. Yeah. There it is. Okay. That's dope. All right. We ready? What a bop. Big bop. Transcends genres, that one. Ready, ready, aim. Jack, ready. Three, two, one, go. That was spoilers.